Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28. I'm going to preach this morning on boldness and I'm going to preach tonight on trembling. So I guess we'll look at two different, two opposite sides of things. Boldness in the morning and trembling at night. I was out in this cold, wet, windy weather this morning and I was doing a little trembling. All right, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I want to preach this morning on the righteous compared to lions. In Jesus' name, your heavenly Father, I pray that you'll take the truth of your word and sink it down, Lord, into our minds and ears and hearts. Dear God, help us to learn some things that we need to know about these things important issues of our day. God, if there's one thing that we're missing in our day, it is boldness. Amen. And Lord, I pray that you help us to pick some things up to understand these things better. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, now, the righteous are compared to lions here. It says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. Now, one of the first things you need to do to be sure that you have the right boldness is you need to be sure that you actually need to even run when you're running. A lot of people get scared and they're so insecure and they're so afraid that they just start running and nobody's even after them. Now, that will hurt people's respect for you in every facet of your life. When they see that you're timid and they see that you're scared and they see that you turn around and start running and nobody's even chasing you, there is something way wrong. Now let me tell you what the world wants to do to Christians, and especially the men, and especially to the preachers, is get them so scared they're running when nobody's even chasing. But who does that? The wicked. Oh. Uh-oh. You know why you run when nobody's even chasing you? Guilty conscience. You know there's some stuff that if it gets found out, you will start running. And you are scared to death, and you just assume it probably is found out. I've told you many times about being a child and hearing Bobby Schoolfield come to the principal's office. And I'm wondering the whole time I'm there, what did they find out now? <laughs> and most of the time, it wasn't anything. It was, would you take this note to your parents? Would you do such and such and go handle this for us? Very rarely was I ever in trouble. They, they don't know near what you are scared they might know. <laughs> Listen, folks, there are people who live their whole lives scared to death. That's correct. That the next phone call is going to expose their secrets. That is not a good way to live. Don't live that way. Don't have those kinds of secrets. It's the wicked who flee when no man pursueth. But let me say this. The devil knows how to make you timid. Because let's just be honest. That's really every single one of us. Does not every single one of us have some stuff that we'd rather not be known? So, yeah, it's true that you live as righteous as you can so that you keep this at a minimum, but there's not one of us that's lived so good that we want everything known, is there? So the wicked very much <coughs> applies to some degree to every one of us. But it says the righteous are bold as a lion. I want to say this morning that godly, clean living produces a holy boldness. 
Now, Bob Jones Sr. said, in this country, we suffer from a bankruptcy of character. Another thing he said is, the test of your character is what it takes to stop you. Now, the power to display and develop character is, and part of which is boldness. There is something always missing from your character if you don't have boldness. So the power to develop and display character, part of which is boldness, comes from what? Righteousness. Live clean. You'll stay out of trouble. Uh, Patton was a pretty good a picture of boldness, wasn't he? Yeah. The great General Patton. You already told uh, you already told the young men. He said, "Keep your nose clean. Read your Bibles. Mm -hmm. You can be a whole lot more bold when you keep your nose clean and read your Bible." That's true. Amen. You do not have to look at the Bible the way W. C. Fields did. The, the old comedian, you know, he was a terrible character with a terrible life. And part of his comedy routine one time was somebody said, what you doing with that Bible, W.C.? And he said, looking for a loophole. <laughs> no, you don't need to use the Bible to look for a loophole if you're trying to live it. So if you'll develop that godly, righteous character, the boldness will come a whole lot easier. A whole lot more rare, it, it'll be true of all of us sometimes, but a whole lot more rare will be the cases where you're having to run when nobody's even pursuing. Because you'll have a whole lot fewer examples of wickedness in your life. So let's study about boldness and being like a lion. This lion-like boldness. All right. Now the qualification for lion-like boldness, as we've already said, is righteousness. You will never be very bold if you aren't, or at least believe strongly, that you are right. You will have to fake it. You will have to bluff it if you're going to be boldly wrong. Now, when I talk about boldness, let me explain what I do not mean. I do not mean selfishness. Amen. You might be sitting around the dinner table today. Dad was talking about dipping the bread in the sop. You might be sitting around the dinner table today and say, Pass the gravy. I want the gravy. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about boldness. That's just, you're just wanting something to please your flesh. That's just you being selfish for something that you want. That's a different matter. I'll tell you something else. We're not talking about being presumptuous. Several, I don't remember when, several weeks ago or a month or two ago, we preached on presumptuous sins. That's where you just, and it's very close to selfishness, you just assume you're entitled to something. Boy, do we live in an entitled age. Everybody is presumptuous. Everybody is selfish. The boldness I'm talking about in a Bible-believing Baptist church is boldness to stand up for Jesus Christ, not Bob Schofield or whatever your name is. Now, we need to be bold when it comes to that. When it comes to what I want and what I think I'm entitled to, I'm not going to say you don't have any rights. In, in my Baptist history teaching, I have a whole lesson on rights in the Bible. The Bible does bring up the right of the Lord. Yeah, and it does bring up rights. So we go too far if we say, oh, quit fighting for your rights. You don't have any rights. No, the Bible teaches we do have some. So let's not go all the way to the ditch on that argument. However, when it comes to our real boldness, 
It needs to be for Jesus. So righteous boldness is not selfishness and it's not presumption. But I'll tell you something else. Uh, I'm talking about being bold as a lion, but a lion's pretty rough. You've watched one of those nature shows where a lion tears up that poor zebra or that poor, oh, yeah. <laughs> that poor animal that it's making a prey of. Uh, righteousness disallows the hurtful viciousness of a lion. If you've got a problem with the picture of a lion, well, just remember the Lord Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And just remember that uh, righteous boldness, like a lion, is different than cruel viciousness. Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, be ye therefore wise as serpent and harmless as doves. So, yeah, we have boldness like a lion, but we also are like sheep in some ways. And we're like serpents only in our wisdom, but in our harmlessness, we're like doves. Um, Philippians 2.15, that ye may be blameless and what? Harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. If you're in a dark place and all of a sudden you shine a light, every person in that dark place, their eyes are drawn to that light, aren't they? That would bring too much attention to some people. Some people say, I don't want to shine a light in this dark place. Everybody will be looking at me and noticing, hey, he's the one with the light. We need to be, as we used to sing as children, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Our Lord Jesus, our great example, Hebrews 7.26 says this, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. All right, so righteousness, if you're worried about the picture of a lion, righteousness disallows the uh, hurtful viciousness of a lion. But it doesn't hold back his boldness. A lion is not scared. He goes in to a situation. So those are, that's the qualification for lion-like boldness is righteousness. All right, so let's look at a lion and his boldness. And I'll say, first of all, a lion is strong. He is strong in the sense that he is manly. If you read the old-time uh, preachers, they didn't have any trouble saying strength was a manly thing. But that is not so in our day. If I hear another thing about a strong and independent woman, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> that is all they can ever say. Strong and independent woman, strong and independent woman, strong and independent woman. You know what? When you've said it 732 times, <laughs> it just becomes white noise in the background. Strength throughout all of history and all the English language has meant manly. We're not trying to offend anybody. But we live in a day where they're scared to death to mention masculinity. Amen. They call it toxic. No, stupid. You can't have society without it. Amen. That is what strength is. It is masculine. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Can, am I even allowed to quote that Bible verse in our day? <laughs> Let all, but then it follows it up. The very next verse. Let all your things be done with charity. 
if you don't have masculinity in your society, you can't have charity. They're connected. They're right in the same context. There is much missing from the charity that you can be a blessing and a help to people with if you don't have masculinity. 2 Samuel 10, 12. Be of good courage and let us play the men for our people and for the cities of our God and the Lord do that which seemeth him good. You know what makes you be able to have some manly courage and to step out with some masculine energy even when the odds are against you? Because you're trusting God to take care of you. Joab had some problems with his character, I'll admit, but boy, he said a great thing there. He said, and the Lord do that which seemeth him good. You know how you can do it? Because you're trusting God. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. All right, a lion is strong in that he has manly courage, in that he is godly. In the case of a, of a Christian's lion-like boldness, it's a, it's a godly boldness. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 6, or I will read it to you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong how? In the Lord. And how? And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're going to have to stand against some things. There are some movements in your day that do not go along with this Bible. Do you stand against them? You say, no, that's wrong. That's foolish. All right, uh, Ephesians 6 still. Look at verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth, here it is, boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. You know how you do this? You do this with some godliness. And you pray for the preacher that he can be bold. And by the way, there is a sense in which everybody in this room is a preacher. In the sense that we can tell the truth of God's word. We can preach unto people on a one-on-one -on -one, uh, basis. Jesus. And we need some boldness to do that. Have you, have you ever been just a little bit scared to witness? It took some boldness to overcome that, didn't it? Okay. We've all experienced that. Uh, the Lord's followers, the first thing they noticed about them was that they were like Jesus. In what way? Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. We have a weak Christianity that doesn't look like our Jesus when he preached. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that's when they marveled and took knowledge of them that they were with Jesus. People noticed when Jesus taught, he didn't teach like the scribes, but he taught with authority. Why? Well, obviously in his case, because he was the author of the book. He could teach with more authority than any of us can. But those of us who are not the Lord Jesus that preach the word of God can still do it with some boldness and authority because the Holy Spirit of God bears witness to the truth of his word. Now if we're up here just giving our opinion then you know, yeah we have a lot less boldness and a lot yeah. less authority. 
So a lion is strong with manly courage. In the case of a Christian, it's a godly courage and boldness. But it is still a graceful uh, lion, a graceful boldness. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, there is a time for rebuke. And there are plenty of Bible verses on that. There's also a time for grace. You need plenty of both. And you don't get weak because you have grace. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I'll tell you something else. Um, the boldness of a lion that is scriptural, that is um, what we're talking about that is for a Christian, is completely scriptural. Acts 18, 24, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. One reason that a lot of young Christians won't witness is they don't feel like they're very mighty in the scriptures. Well, I wouldn't know what to say. Well, then here's what you do. Start reading and studying your Bibles till you do know it. And you do kind of know what to say. Now, no, you're not going to know what to say in every single situation that ever comes up. How in the world would you do it? And even if you did, eight months later, you'd have forgot some of it and couldn't do it then. <laughs> so, no, you're never going to be perfectly equipped. I promise you, you're very much relying on the Lord when you do that. Mm -hmm. I wish people understood more that when you go out into this life, you're leaning heavily on the Lord. I've often referred to that place in the founding documents of this country where they said, and for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They said, man, as we do this, we're a little scared, and we are firmly relying on the protection of divine Amen. providence, and without providence, this country never would be here, I assure you. Oh, the devil hates the thoughts of this nation that started so influenced by the Virginia Baptists. Understand it. All right, so that uh, is our point about a lion is strong. We've seen the qualification for lion-like boldness. We've seen the strength of a lion. Now let's look at the fear caused by a lion. 1 Timothy 5.20 Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. If people don't get a little nervous around you, hmm, you don't quite have the lion-like boldness you need. Very often when you live for the Lord and you speak up for the Lord and you take up for him and his cause, you'll notice people around you, even people that you're pretty sure talk pretty rough around you behind your back, you'll see them cower and back up a little bit around you. You know why? They know you've got the ammunition. <laughs> I... Believe me, I am not one of the best preachers out there. I've often wondered in the internet age if, why in the world we still do local church because you can always go on the internet and find a better preacher, no doubt about it. But even with my very average skills, I've shut up many a mouth <laughs> with the scripture. I've seen them back down many a time, even me, average as I am. I promise you there's plenty of other preachers, some of whom I have in here, that have shut up a whole lot more than I have. I guarantee you that. A lion causes fear. Mary, Queen of Scots, you know, you remember her from history? Oh, yeah. 
She said she was more afraid of the prayer of John Knox than an army of 20,000. And this is a person in power. Listen, Baptists, remember our heritage. And I'm bad to forget this. I'm bad to forget myself. But remember our heritage. Um, remember how our forefathers have stayed faithful even when they were under government persecution. But remember, there were many, many more of them that had the threat of government persecution, and it never even actually materialized. Yeah, now there are some that got put in jail, and thank God for their wonderful testimonies. But there are millions more that never even saw the inside of the jail cell. There's a good chance it won't even happen to you. Don't back down because of legal challenges. They may not even materialize. The, the likeness, the analogy I try to use is driving a car. You, every time you drive your car, you might have a wreck and get killed. We all know some people who have. We all know some people who were hurt badly in car wrecks, and yet we all get in our cars every day. Why? Well, because we use them, and to tell you the truth, there's a pretty good chance we'll make it back. Now, let me tell you about serving the Lord and speaking up for Jesus. Yeah, there are some, there are some extreme cases, and the Lord gives extreme grace in those cases. But in most cases, you'll be fine. Nothing will happen. <laughs> I can't promise nothing will happen, but I can tell you in most cases, nothing happens. And when you back down because you're afraid of what might happen, the devil won. Amen. He got one of God's people back down. We are the ones that can cause the fear in them. Herod was afraid of John the Baptist. Some wicked people are afraid to curse or swear around godly people many a time. People have been using rough language and say, oh, I'm sorry, Bob, I didn't see you there. I haven't, that hadn't happened two or three times. That's happened a bunch of times. So the qualification for lion-like boldness is righteousness. The lion is strong in that he is uh, masculine, in that he is godly, in that he is graceful, in that he is scriptural. But don't kid yourself, the lion can still cause fear. I'll tell you something else, a lion conquers. One of the weaknesses of our day, especially with our young men, is they haven't won many battles. You need to win some battles. You need to find some things that you do, and you do actually succeed at them. You know what it'll do? Give you some confidence. Give Good you point. some boldness. Mm -hmm. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If you've studied military stuff, you know what those strongholds are. Those are those heavily fortified places where they can go and hide out and shoot the enemy and take, take a bunch of them out. And it's hard to find them. And when you do find them, they're heavily fortified and they're still hard to take. There needs to be a stronghold or two in your life that the Lord helps you to overtake and you get realizing, wow, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. A lion conquers. Micah 5.8, And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest, 
as a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Now, of course, you know Baptists have not been uh, one to take up arms except in necessary cases for actual self-defense or defense of their family or country. You know that we're pacifist in some, to some degree in some things when it's not for a legitimate purpose. So I'm speaking spiritually, but spiritually you ought to be able to tear some things up. Amen. Spiritually you ought to make a difference. Why? Because it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So the qualification is righteousness. And a lion is strong. And a lion causes fear. And a lion conquers. When the lion shows up, you know, uh-oh, he's about to win. He wins. You've heard the stories of Richard the Lion-Hearted. Let me tell you what he did. He won. All right, a lion is courageous. Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You want a lion, uh, in the sense of a, of a godly Christian, lion-like, bold uh, saint is, he's chiefly courageous for the truth. He speaks for it even when others speak against it. We live in a day where old-fashioned Bible-believing Christianity and old-fashioned morality and old-fashioned conservative principles are openly spoken against. Amen. We need to be courageous enough to say, no, that's not correct. That's not how they've done it for thousands of years of history. That's not what biology teaches. That's not what common sense observation teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches. Because I promise you, they're trying to change times and seasons into some things that will not work, never have worked in human history, and aren't about to start working. All they're going to do is wreck your society. And we bring these things up. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Well, wait a minute. Aren't we talking about boldness? Yeah, well, here's what you got to remember. You don't live up to the word that you're preaching. So there will still be some meekness in it. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Anybody here righteous? <laughs> All right, well then, there will still be an element of meekness there, and I know there is, because even the Lord Jesus was meek, and he was perfectly righteous. He had a, he had a meekness to him, too. Um, when we say he was bold, we don't mean that was the totality of his character, and there was nothing else to him other than just constant, always being bold. no. But that was a significant part of him. Moses, a great leader, one of the great leaders of all history, top five of the Bible characters, Amen. was said to be the meekest man on the earth. You can be bold and you can lead millions of people like he did and still have some meekness in you. If you don't have some meekness to balance out the boldness, then I'm afraid you get just arrogant and prideful and can't nobody stand to be around you. And I think we've all known some Bible-believing Baptists just like what I just described. I've had a little dose of it myself, <laughs> just to be honest. All right, so a lion is courageous, speaking for it when others speak against it. Uh, also, by clearing it, that is the truth, from reproach and infamy. People will always be mad 
at the truth. There will always be enemies that you have to face. Here are some specific examples. Number one, when it's called heresy. When you start standing up for what this Bible clearly teaches, your teaching will be called heresy, even if you don't even add any of your own words to it and you just quote scripture. Believe me, that has happened. Oh yeah, That has happened to me personally. Where I quoted a scripture verse and somebody told me it was my interpretation of it. Oh, yeah. I hadn't added any interpretation to it. I had merely quoted the verse. And yet, it'll be called heresy. Acts 24, 14. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Paul believed everything in there. And they still called him a heretic. <laughs> You'll have to stand up for the truth. And one of the charges against you will be heresy. Uh, when it's called sedition. Sedition, as you know, is like rebellion or insurrection against government authority. And uh, they'll do that. People that, listen, the devil and his crowd are liars, so they don't mind calling it something that it really is. They don't mind calling it an insurrection when it's not an insurrection. They don't mind calling it rebellion when it's not rebellion. You could be standing there for the rightful authority, and they'll call you the rebel. It's the dumbest thing. Why? Because they couldn't care less if they're telling the truth or not. It doesn't matter to them. But you, you know what we do? We still stand up for the truth, even when it's being falsely labeled that way. Mm -hmm. Acts 24, 5. For we have found this man a pestilent fellow and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. They said, oh, he's a mover of sedition. Well, that's not what he said. He said in another place, if I'm guilty of, of death, I refuse not to die. <laughs> he said, I will submit to it if it's lawful and right. He was not a mover of sedition, but let me tell you something. Just as sure as you start preaching the gospel, just as soon as you start being faithful to the teachings of the word of God, somebody will say it's heresy, and somebody will say it's against the government. They sure will. Um, when it's called heresy, when it's called sedition, when it's called a new doctrine. Acts 17, 19. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? Uh, sorry, it's not a new doctrine. It's, a, it's the old book. It's not that it's a new doctrine. It's just been a long time since anybody took a new look at the old book. That's what the problem is. So a lion is courageous, and we need to be courageous by speaking for it when others speak against it, by clearing it from reproach, by publicly proclaiming it. Everybody needs to know what we believe and teach and preach. Everybody needs to know that we believe in heaven and hell. Amen. That we believe in God and the devil. Mm -hmm. That we believe in the basic things that Western society that has any Christianity to it believes in. Now, granted, we get some of the details of it wrong, but there are some principles of it that everybody knows old-fashioned Christianity is connected to. There's no doubt about that. Acts chapter 20, Paul said, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. 
Acts chapter 4 verse 19 But Peter and John answered and said unto them Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God Judge you, judge ye For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard What do you do? You just publicly proclaim the truth In John 18 20 Jesus said in secret have I said nothing What in the world were they doing coming and taking him in the middle of the night? as if there was this big secret that everybody didn't need to know. Communists did that. Amen. I read uh, Solzhenitsyn's book, The Gulag Archipelago, and he described how they'd come at night to take them. That's what they did to Wormbrand. Also, uh, hey, we're the ones that are open. They're the ones that are sneaking around and doing something. You know how to know if you're doing something a little crooked or very crooked? If you're doing it in the dark, go ahead and tell the person what you're doing. That way, there's nothing to be ashamed of. That's you being bold. That's you not being ashamed of what you're doing. Make it clear. Be open about it. That's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. Our examples. Publicly proclaim the truth. Here's another way to be courageous in the truth is by suffering for it. Even when suffering comes, you go ahead and take it. I'm courageous enough for the truth that when I get beat up for it, I'll just take the beating. So be it. Wow, that's tremendous. Here's another way to be courageous for the truth. By standing by the truth, even when others leave it. Every Christmas, we watch that movie. It's just a tradition. That movie, High Noon. And there's some bad guys coming in, and the sheriff, or the marshal, I guess it is, is going to have to face them. And everybody remembers how when these bad guys were in the town before, it was bad for the town and bad for the families, and the place was crooked and everything. And there's a bunch of posse of men supposedly going to stand with the marshal against these bad guys. But one chicken's out for this reason, and one chicken's out for that reason, and one chicken's out for this reason, and one chicken's out for that reason. And finally, one guy that was really bold, and he was all ready to stand with the marshal. He comes, and there's nobody but him and the marshal to face all these bad guys. He says, now, wait a minute. I'm with you. You know I'm with you. You get some more help, and I'll stand with you. I'll risk my life right beside you. But this isn't, this is, that's not even a fair fight. This is just suicide for one or two of us to go against all these bad guys. Here, you, you call me when you get some more helpers. And he left. And pretty soon it's the marshal all by himself having to face the bad guys. Let me tell you what's going on spiritually with the Bible-believing Baptists. There are more and more and more of them leaving us. Yes, they are. And saying old-fashioned old, old standards, they don't work anymore. And the old teaching and the old preaching, that nah, doesn't work anymore. And we gotta, we got to come more into the thinking of today. No, you don't. Well, then we're going on, and you can be by yourself. Now, let me tell you something. You keep standing for the truth when all the people that used to be around you are leaving. That's going to take some courage. Yes. And that's what's happening. Am I speaking to some old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptists that are going to stick with it when everybody else leaves? Especially you men. Especially you preacher boys. I hope so. Standing when others leave it. 
and especially maintaining those truths that are most opposed in their day. You find the ones that they're teaching in college right now that's on the news every day right now, and you just bust those real good <laughs> and watch everybody squirm and watch them rage against you. There are, there's a lot of falsehood out there. There's a lot of false teaching. Don't waste too much time on the ones that nobody's really going for right now. Take the ones that are popular right now that your neighbors know, that the college professors are saying is the cool, new, smart stuff, and bust it just right in the chops. I'm speaking figuratively, you understand. I don't believe in any physical violence except for self-defense, okay? But spiritually speaking, just punch it right in the nose just as hard as you can. And let me tell you what will happen. People admit you've got some boldness. You take something that is popular right now and bust it and, and fight it and defend against it strongly with some lion-like boldness, and I'll know, hey, I'm dealing with a man there. A lion is courageous. All right, in closing, let's look at some hindrances to lion-like boldness. Here are some things. If you have these, you ain't going to have no boldness. I guess I didn't word that correctly, but you got the message, I trust. All right, number one hindrance to lion-like boldness is this, lack of a cause. You need a cause that you're standing for. I sought a flag to follow, a cause for which to stand. I sought a valiant leader, which could my love command. I found them all in Jesus, the life, the truth, the way, beneath his Flag, I'll take my stand, whatever the words are, and follow him today. You need to find you a cause, or else just do what you feel like whenever you feel like it. There, there's no boldness to that. If somebody fusses a little bit, you get up and do what they want, and then as soon as they're not around, you do what you want. And you know what? That's not, that's not a line like boldness. Number one, hindrance to boldness, lack of a cause. Number two, lack of a cause. You don't think the Lord has called you to this stuff. Let me tell you something. If you're here today and you're saved, you are called to be saints. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm pretty sure it is, where it talks about the Lord Jesus and the things he went through. It says, For even hereunto are ye called. we got a bunch of people in our day that don't, know their calling and therefore you know what they don't have they don't have any boldness as you young people become adults and we got some growing up here I, I, I did Christmas cards I had to give some Christmas cards to a couple of people that I keep thinking of as young people they're adults now I gave them their own Christmas card <laughs> that's a rite of passage isn't it <laughs> but listen as you go out there in this world guess what you're going to have to do you're going to have to stand, and the thing that will help you to stand is to realize there's a cause that I've been called to, and some of these other boys I'm around and some of these other girls I'm around, they don't know about this cause, and they don't have the calling I have, and they haven't received the teaching I have, and they didn't have the mom and daddy I have, and they hadn't heard some of the preaching I have, and I've got a call on me that maybe some of them don't. I've got to look different. I've got to stand up for the Lord Jesus. And if you don't have that, you're going to lack some boldness. Amen. A lack of a cause, a lack of a call. Here's a good one. A lack of a conscience. 
when you have received the teaching and you go against it, uh, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that conscience is going to get weak and sore, and you're going to have a hard time having boldness. Here's the, probably the most important one that will mess up your boldness, a lack of a captain. Every now and then when I get real scared, I look to a godly man that I look up to and appreciate. I look to a godly woman that's been true for years and years and years and stayed true even through hard times. And I say, you know what? If they can do it, I can. And listen, it's not always somebody older than me. Every now and then, a young person will fire me up. I'll say, good night. Look at that. Sometimes it's a young girl. And I'll say, good night. If she's got the courage of that, what in the world is wrong with me? Young David was a young man. And you know what he did? When he sunk that rock down in Goliath's head and went and cut his head off, the army started running towards the enemy, and the enemy started running. It doesn't always take an old season veteran. It's a blessing when it is. But let me tell you who most importantly you need to be looking to. The Lord Jesus we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Acts 5.29, then Peter and other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Mm -hmm. Let me read Hebrews chapter 2, and then we'll go to the, we'll go to the invitation. But there's a, there's some captains we need to look to. There's some leaders we need to look to. And head of all of them, of course, is Jesus himself. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Hey, if my captain stayed true and faithful through suffering... I can stay faithful and true through suffering. That's my captain and that's who I'm following. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll give us some